2: Dooms
3: and Tumblr
1: Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm coming to you live from the earliest recording of Tunes and Tumblers ever. It's 8 a.m. in L.A. on a Tuesday, and I'm sitting at the microphone in my feedie pajamas with a piping hot mug of Topo Chico. Why do you ask? It's a surprise. At least if you didn't read the episode description, please enjoy your morning commute responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business. So I ran into a Sierra Madre apartment with a megaphone, dragged out a
0: couple of guys and put them on the air. And they are...
2: Ryan, your music connoisseur. And
0: Pedro, your mixologist, and I resent being woken up so early.
1: <laughs> and our guest today is the drummer and vocalist of one of the world's biggest metal bands. The 2018 Grammy winners for Best Metal Performance and their past three albums have all debuted in the Billboard Top 10. He's here today to discuss their latest release, an epic double LP, That's been described as having the expanse of a studio film, the texture of a novel and the breadth of a greatest hits and is yet only one among many of their critically acclaimed albums dating back almost 20 years. Plus, the band has their own line of beer, which, you know, we are all about. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please say hello to Bron Daler of Mastodon. Hi. Bron, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show today.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. Um you're over in Atlanta, is that right? That's correct. Well, so you've had more time to wake up than the rest of us, which I'm quite jealous
3: of. Yep, I've finished with a cup of coffee number 2 and that'll be it for me for today.
0: <laughs> what ha- what happens 3 hours in the future, Bron? <laughs> well,
3: it's a little bit chilly.
0: Okay. Good. I'll get a I'll get a jacket.
3: Fall is really starting to settle in here.
1: Not here. It's going to be another another balmy one in sunny California. But, you know, we're going going swimming later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know we're on a bit of a tight schedule today, so let's head right into the bar. Ordinarily, we don't open this early, but I'm sure we can make an exception so long as somebody doesn't tell the city of L.A. And our bouncer looks like he's still waking up. So hopefully he'll be a little lenient on what he accepts as I.D. Speaking of which, did you bring anything to show him today?
3: Uh, sure. I mean, I just have my, I'm here at bedside, uh, and I have my nightstand here and I'm just kind of, this is as far as I'm going to go to produce my identification. Uh, in. So I brought, I have a book by, uh, Crispin Glover that is signed by Crispin Glover that I gifted to my dear friend, Joey Jordison from Slipknot, who unfortunately passed away recently. And I have gotten this back. And so I have it on my bedside. And it says, for Joey, believe it or not, you're important to me. Thank you, Crispin, Hellion, Glover. Uh, because that's a quote from the movie River's Edge, which we both really enjoyed.
2: Oh, love wow. that. that. That's is beautiful. Dope.
1: That's amazing.
2: Great soundtrack. One of the best, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That did the trick. Let's turn on the lights, blast the heater, and get ourselves some morning drinks. But first, we need to set the mood. Ryan, what are we listening to today?
2: Well, we are listening to Hushed and Grim, the brand new album from Mastodon, out now on Reprise Records.
1: You know, I love it. And... (laughs) (laughs) That, you know I I it's say your that lucky a lot. Day, Yeah, I, I say it all the time. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> but you know, I think there's something really special about this album. To describe it as epic to me, I think is an understatement. Usually when I think about double LPs, they're kind of a uh, a bit of a grab bag or you know, they overstay their welcome. And yet with this one, there's a consistent vitality here that persists for a full hour and a half. And I would even say it's accessible to listeners who don't often venture into the metal space. There's those hints of Southern rock, post-hardcore. You you even have French horns in there somewhere. And to me, it sounds like Mastodon and Evolution, which is pretty awesome after 20 years. But we can talk about all that in a second. First, we need that drink. Pedro, what's the special of the day?
0: Uh, Well, first of all, um, Mastodon, you guys already have drinks. To, to pair with everything you do, uh, three taverns brewing company in collaboration with you guys, you've created several, uh, IPAs, I believe at this point, um, for this one, we're focusing on the IPA tier drinker, um, which if you're lucky enough to be in the Atlanta or Tennessee areas, you can, you can find it. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, you know, fruity, strong, um, uh, hazy, I think it's double dry IPA. Um, and it's it's delicious and it's very uh it, it it's got a lot of a lot of bitterness but like softness and, and it really goes with 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 the work you guys put into this album. Um and so I kind of I obviously wanted to make that my base for what we're drinking here today. Um and as Anthony mentioned, you know this 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 TLP it's it is epic and it's got a mix of so many different things. It's really like pieced together with so many like just rich pieces um and i love it i i absolutely love this album and i really wanted to make this this cocktail sort of a a beast or like monster in itself to sort of pair with the album um so i started thinking you know cocktails that you know famously uh incorporate beer and and how i could sort of maybe stitch them together in sort of a frankenstein of a cocktail really um so uh Going off of uh, eyes of the uh, eyes of serpents, I sort of started. You know, a snake bite is a pretty popular uh, beer incorporated cocktail. So I've got some cider in here to go with tear drinker. Um, boiler makers are also really popular, and I wanted to keep sort of the strength of of the of the alcohol content. So there's also whiskey in this, um, and then uh, a shandy is usually pretty popular. So I squeeze like half a lemon in here, give it some some like really intense citrus flavors. Um, and then, I mean, what's a tear? What's tears without salt, right? So just a little pinch of salt to just really make everything just pop a little bit more and balance it all out. Um, and then I just garnished it with a lemon rind to sort of give it that snake skin look. And oh. uh, it's, it's crispy, it's strong, but it's so balanced. And like um, anyone maybe who doesn't like drinking IPAs, try it this way and you'll really enjoy it, I promise. Um, so yeah, this is a, uh, this is a tear drinker's beast. I'm calling it nice. It's pretty delicious and it's good for a, it's good for a morning drink just uh, in case anyone's wondering
3: it's 8am somewhere. That's what I always say.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, I'm always fan of a good beer tale, but until you start sending me those ingredients, Pedro, I have to look on jealously as always. (laughs) We've, I, I mentioned this on our last show, Bron, but, at this point, most of the show has been in quarantine. We had, yeah. we had one year together before everything shut down. And it's just, this is the new normal. The quote, quote, new normal. Yep. One day. One day I'll be back in the room sipping drinks with everybody. <laughs> but until then, cheers.
2: Cheers, guys. Cheers. Mm.
1: <laughs> All right, so, Bron, ordinarily I'm the one who steers this ship we like to call Tunes and Tumblers, but our resident music expert has been a Mastodon fan longer than I have. Ryan, would you like to kick us off?
2: Yeah, we, well, we had a mast off, and so it was determined that I was the longer-time fan. I had, uh, I had a pixelated uh, Blood Mountain poster in my room in high school. And so... F- <laughs> It was Yeah, it was brutal. Um, and I replaced a Keira Knightley poster, to put it up there, which I think, you know, I think that's, you know, when a boy becomes a man, you replace... Yeah, you're the, like, I'm an
3: I'm adult now. <laughs> it's time to that's, grow up. You got your face tattooed, and you replaced the Keira Knightley. Uh, yeah.
2: That's right. That's right. That's a nice piece of art you have in the background, by the way. What's that? Which one? the one, the landscape. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a Florida highwayman uh, painting.
2: Oh, no kidding. Huh. It was
3: for these guys that would be on the side of the road in the seventies and kind of, uh, you know, just recently out of prison or something and would paint these Florida landscapes. There's a, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing.
2: I like that idea of getting out of prison and doing that. And, um, I was hoping to see some clown posters though, some paintings, some clown paintings.
3: Oh, I mean, I have a whole clown room in the other room, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but I'd say this is above the bed. Ooh. <laughs> That's sick. Oh, nice. With a giant uh, sword. Just, just, you know, keep you on
2: your toes. Is that one you did?
3: No. A friend of mine uh, will go to thrift stores and get, uh, uh, you know, landscape paintings, much like the the highwayman one and just uh, paint monsters and, and Vikings and things like that into the, into the paintings themselves over top of them that's
2: incredible we uh the for listeners who don't know braun uh i think he drew was it 100 clowns in 100 days 101
3: oh wow. 101 101 clowns in 101 days and the only reason that i stopped i guess was was, was a mastodon was getting back going and we were, we were i was expected to be at work uh you know working on a new record uh and um it was it, i couldn't merge the two uh, creative world. So I was having a hard time, you know, cause I was trying to get the clown done. And then the guys were like, Hey, are you coming to practice? And I'm like, listen, when you get the clown in your in your text message, I'll be there 15 minutes after that. And so I had to wrap it up. And luckily I realized, Hey, I have a Dalmatian. And so I'll make him the 101 clown. I put a, I, I drew my Dalmatian with a clown hat. And then that was the last one. It was a nice bow to tie the, you know, it, it tied the room together. I was able to stop. Otherwise, I'd still be drawing clowns right now. I, <laughs> so I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be talking to you because we wouldn't have an album to talk about because uh, I had gone so down into the clown hole. Uh, so there's, a,
1: like, but, yeah. a, there's like a parallel world where the new Mastodon album is clown themed, yeah?
2: Mm, I guess so. It's a throwback to the Mr. first Mr. Bungle album. Um,
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that record
2: one of my favorites yeah i like the idea of responding to cl- with to messages with clown paintings that's probably about a good emoji replacement right you just reply with various clowns i mean names.
3: well it was like a daily the daily clown had become a thing for you know i had i think it, it would take like it would take lo- almost longer for me to send the cl- send in the clowns to everybody because I, I wasn't just posting them like on Instagram or something like that. I was individually texting every single person that was on the Daily Clown list that was growing like a snowball rolling down a hill. And uh so it took forever. Once the clown was finally finished, it ended up it started to take me like an hour to send the clowns to each person that was that was supposed to get one. And then it became this thing where if it was eight o'clock at night and I had they hadn't gotten a clown yet, they started hitting me up. Where's the clown? Are you okay? <laughs> you know? We're waiting. And then you know, people were psychoanalyzing me based on you. Know, they put the whole week of clowns together and be like, "Man, I don't know. He's in a dark place right now." You know. <laughs> but I drew, you know, clowns. It wasn't. It wasn't just a bunch of happy clowns. You know, it was like I drew a clown in an open casket. I drew. I mean, it was. There's a lot of. Uh, I don't. Know. It's out there. Actually, there's a there's a coffee table book coming out of all the clowns through Revolver that comes out November 14th, I believe.
2: Oh no, kidding! Oh,
3: that's just you a, can see all the clowns for yourself in just a matter. Of time.
1: That's just I a wanna, few yeah. days after the episode release. So fans, be sure to be sure to find that pre-save it or wherever wherever clown books are sold,
2: wherever they're sold and tolerated. We <laughs> have dark, a place the darkest
3: deepest holes of the internet. It's a dark web. Ever... Pretty sure it's a dark web exclusive.
2: <laughs> Silk Road exclusive. Yeah. Did, did you, have you ever been to Jumbos out here? I have. Jumbos Clown Room. Yeah.
3: And it was not really, it was fine, you know, but it was less clowny than I wanted it to be.
2: <laughs> it is. Like, it's I lacking. really like
3: clowns, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm the real deal. I like clowns. So I wanted to see the ladies, to, I wanted them to be clowns, but they weren't.
2: Exactly. Brown's That's exactly what I said.
3: So they're dropping the ball over there. They need to get it together.
2: <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> need to subscribe to the Daily Clown. Um, but we can, we can move on from clowns. <laughs> well, I guess since we were just talking about the drink, I guess I'm curious. So you've done these beer collaborations before. I think there was, there was one back in 2012, and I guess I'm wondering how this process working with this brewery uh, differed from past ones
3: um uh, well i was local so that, that was a big thing the last one the, i think the last one maybe not the last one we did but we did three with a with a brewery called McKellar, which is out of uh copenhagen so that's mm. that's uh that's quite a, quite quite a bit further away than uh, down the street from my house so it was a little easier to communicate and come down and you know add the dry hops you know <laughs> yeah. like i helped like a 4 year old helps with dinner basically, you know, like, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <Take and bake. laughs> so, uh, but, you know, pose for a photo and all that good stuff. I just like to drink it, it tastes great. Um, but yeah, that was basically that was the main difference was uh, I wanted to do something with a local brewery because of the fact that we had done three, three or four beers that were across the pond and um, it just uh, t- to try to tie in some cross promotion for the album and just come out with and have a reason to have like a a listening party and all that good stuff because um, you know, everything has been so isolated over the last couple of years. We weren't even sure if we were going to be able to do anything like that, but luckily like restrictions have eased up enough to where, you know, you can have some gatherings if there's people that are vaccinated or have their negative tests and things. So um, yeah, we had a big old party last Friday night and introduced Teardrinker along with the album. And, and it was a fun thing to do. And, and the beer tastes great.
2: Yeah. I was going to ask about the process or your involvement in it, but you pretty much, you pretty much covered all that. What was, what was important that, what was the main thing you wanted out of the beer and the, during the process, like what was the most important quality for it to have?
3: Well, you know, I, um, I was already, I have already been a fan of this particular brewery and this and their, their brewmaster and had gone to their new location um, here in Atlanta uh, called the Imaginarium, which looks like a, you know, uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory of, of beer basically. And um, so it's a really amazing place. And, and I had tasted some of their new hazy IPAs that they were doing with their new brewmaster. And I was like, Oh man, this is like the style that I'm looking for, you know? Um, So so yeah, that was basically it. That's where the conversation started. When I tasted their new styles and uh, their new direction, I, I felt like uh, they were making some of the best IPAs in in town. And so I talked to um, one of the guys over there, Nathan, about collaborating, and it kind of went from there. And it just the timing worked out perfectly. You know, I just said it'd be cool to come out with something right when the album comes out, so that it all sort of happens in the same place. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of if it happens mid-cycle or something like that, there's not as much bang for your buck as, uh, you know, to combine all the things in in celebration of the album. So, yeah, it all worked out perfectly. Timing-wise, timing's...
2: and Yeah, and they sounded like... So the album was finished then by this point when you got in touch for the beer?
3: Well, I mean, we we started recording the actual album probably a year ago. So we've been sitting on it for a while because, you know... uh, you just with the pandemic and everything, uh, we just felt like we needed to wait a little bit longer, you know, to even announce that we had recorded anything or finished recording something. Because, you know, you kind of got at the beginning of the pandemic when everything got locked down. There were a few bands that, you know, had things ready to go. You know, and you got your like Lamb of God and Deftones and uh, Gojira. You know, they had records that were finished and and had announced and here our record is going to come out this date, and then everything's shut down and that that's a very uh once you start that machine up of of publicity and you let everyone know that the record's coming on this day and something unforeseeable like a pandemic hits you know it kind of it really throws a wrench into the the system there so we wanted to wait as long as we could to put the record out uh so we've been sitting on it for a
2: while right and so and you had quite a bit of material recorded i think right you had like 30 something or maybe even more kind of ideas and things right in the pipeline.
3: We had a lot. Yeah. Um, That was probably Mm -hmm. by July or so of 2020, we had just a surplus of material and we were basically able able to whittle it down to 15 songs. And then we were going to further whittle that back to be whatever, 55 minutes, you know, the, the threshold that we feel like people are able to handle, you know, before they start to get bored or they want to turn it off or, you know, they, they want to start it over again, you know? Uh,
0: I mean, that's what the beer's for. Just crack it open. <laughs> you'll sit there as long, you'll sit there as long as we need you to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up and drink your beer. No. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I think it's really interesting that um, or, or maybe just coincidental that you're releasing this beer in, right as uh, the band itself is turning 21 and uh, can legally drink at a bar now. Uh, so I know, finally. Yeah. <laughs> After all this time, I'm, I'm wondering because you guys have been together that long, uh, how has the longevity of the band affected the way the four of you work creatively together?
3: Um, You know, I think that uh, uh, it's just we're kind of a bigger picture band the, with the way that we think, I mean, the way that we approach the the writing, it's like whoever wants to come and contribute and be in there and and whoever's excited about coming down that day, that's, that's the way it is. You know, no one's, um, if you're not contributing enough, you're not being called out on it, you know, or if you're not, uh, it's like, hey, next record, you're, you'll have more to offer, I'm sure. You know, or um, so it's not like there's demands. I think early on we were demanding of each other to be at practice, you know, every single night. Like, oh, you have to be there, you know. Uh, so this time, these, you know, it's like, hey, if you if you're excited to come down and 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 rock, then let's do it. So I think that that I think that makes everybody more excited to come down and actually be there for the process and be collaborative. Uh, so. That's one way. And the other, another way that it's maybe, I guess, different from the past is the the fact that this is our sort of day job. So there's a lot of like early morning riffing that happens, you know, where you wouldn't expect maybe the heaviest of riffs to be written or the, the, you know, uh, but it's like 9am and cup of coffee and sitting in uh, my guitar player, Bill's basement, um, summoning the metal gods that's pretty early for them pretty early for us and so you wouldn't think some of the heavier moments on the record would come from these like early morning hangs but sometimes i mean uh there's a song on there that was first single called pushing the tides and that was written real early and i uh, it was probably my fault you know having had three and a half cups of coffee as opposed to my regular two and I went over to Bill's and I just, you know, I was shot out of a cannon, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's why that song is that fast, literally. Because it was written early in the morning and I had too much coffee.
2: No kidding. Wow.
3: You
1: got to work through those those jitters somehow.
2: Yeah, I was pretty excited to hear that. Put the energy to use. Yes, Otherwise, you're just yes. sitting there shaking like crazy. I know. I was very excited when I heard that single. That was, I think that was the first one that, that dropped, right?
3: Yeah, that was the first one that we put out.
1: Um, So I know that we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I kind of want to talk a little bit about the themes of the album because that's the thing that I do here. Um, So one thing I noticed um, going through the album is that this seems to be a real working through of grief for you all. And in more ways than one, I'm wondering if you could talk about that just a little bit.
3: Yeah, that's fun. Um, (laughs) <laughs> no, it was, you know, it's like, I don't know for us as, as, as artists, I guess like the, the Mastodon has become sort of this unfortunate, but fortunate dumping ground for, uh, you know, tragic situations and the, the four of our lives, you know? So we put everything into Mastodon. It's, so it has a it has a lot of, uh, emotional real estate. Uh, and I guess that's where we, um, process any kind of tragic event that's happened to us and unfortunately unfortunately a couple years ago we lost our one of our best friends and the manager uh nick john which was just uh awful you know a a person you'd never we would never think was gonna was gonna leave he 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 left and um uh, it was such a tremendous loss for us that we knew that the next thing that we put together as a band was gonna be for him. I mean, I don't think any of us foresaw it being like this grand epic double album, but that's what it turned out to be. And uh, I think that within the lyrics, you know, we're we're not one to sit down as four dudes and talk about our feelings. So we let each other know where we're at through the music, the riffs, and especially the lyrics, so. We don't even have to really ask each other, we just sort of are checking in with each other by examining each other's lyrics and the lyrical content and the fact that we're okay with uh, whatever's being said there. Um, And it's a way for us to work through it and process it and figure out what happened and how we feel about it. And I think that it's pretty helpful to write those things down on paper and then sing them and yeah that's that's uh that's us going through it and i think by the time we get to the end of the album i think that there is uh there's an acceptance of what has happened and um eh, there's almost a sort of the sun poking through the clouds a little bit as we ride out into it and as much as it sucks to not have him there we just value the the relationship in general and the, 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 you know, that we got a chance to know him and be friends with him and all the things that we did together, all the things that we made together, uh, are still there. And, you know, we just love him and and love that we had the opportunity to be friends with him.
1: I'm sure he would love this album too. And I really do like what you said about, um, there being the sun coming through. I'm thinking of that line in Gigantum where you say the mountains we made in the distance, those will stay with us. So I I like that you can kind of end on that note. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, the line that really sticks with me is uh, I've turned the grief to medicine in Pain with an Anchor. Uh, How can one turn their grief to medicine in that way?
3: I think that what Troy's talking about there is 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 that is literally the act of what we're doing you know at that present time which is cr- trying to create something uh beautiful from a, a very sad situation so I, the medicine is the art or the music that comes from your personal uh grief you know and it just it's not sitting stagnant you know it's channeled into something else so you're taking it and hopefully making something. uh that you feel is, is, is beautiful from it that you can share with, with someone else that might be going through the same thing. And maybe that connects with them and helps them get through that part time.
1: I think that's a great sentiment. I, I definitely that. know that um, taking my thoughts out, and putting them down on paper, uh, just it, it makes it something physical apart from yourself. It's no longer just this thing that you're feeling. It's this thing that you can look at. Does that make sense? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think I was I think you said it more eloquently than I was trying to say earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, absolutely. That that's a I think that that's a a good exercise for anybody, you know, who might be listening that's having a hard time to to try to put those feelings down on paper, write them write them down, uh and read them out loud if you have to. But uh it definitely helps to identify maybe what the problem is or, or identify what you're feeling.
2: And if it's too uncomfortable, you can uh, light it on fire afterwards. <laughs> That's right. Actually, that was a good piece of advice from Dan Harmon of all people.
1: And despite how dark I've <laughs> taken the latter half of this interview, listeners go and listen to this album. It's actually a lot of fun too. There's a lot going on there. I, Oh my God. I I've started like a love affair with Marcus King and you've got him on one of those tracks. And I just, I, I love everything he does. I think that was a great collab. Um, that was my favorite, personally.
3: Awesome. Yeah, I love Marcus. He's really cool. And uh, man, that, that, that solo uh, that he provided on The Beast is super proggy and really cool sounding. Yeah, I, I love, one of my favorite moments on the record.
1: So I think it's about time to switch gears, but guys, do you want to weigh in? What were your personal favorite moments
0: from this album for our listeners? I mean, just to kind of double what Anthony said, like, yeah, like is, as, as heavy as it, it might be, there's a lot of really great, like there's a lot of more uplifting moments. Honestly, there's a lot of beauty in this album, um, I found, especially in uh, Gigantium. My favorite line is like the second verse, I just need you to whisper, tell me all is well. You deserve to be happy not stuck deep, knee deep in hell. That was just like, Oh, it was literally like just sort of, I remember I was listening to it in my car and I was like just driving over here in town and like the sun, it felt like it was coming up over the horizon. It was, uh, it's yeah. Like it's, there's, there's so much, uh, there's so much uplifting beauty in this with like this backbone of just like these intense, heavy sounds. And I just, uh, I, I love it so much.
2: I, uh, my highlight was, uh, The Dagger. I think that's my favorite song on the album. Um, I love the experimentation on it, and I loved. I don't know if something's quite captured like the the sense of like disorientation from grief. That's kind of how it came out to me, you know. So I really related to it in that way. Um, Sort of the haze of it, um, and hearing it's a sarangi on there, right? Yeah, that's and and some and a moog at the end. That that to me was was not expecting to hear that on the record and I I loved it.
3: Yeah, big Moog big moog action. There's a couple big <laughs> Moog parts which I always like to try to incorporate any kind of Moog. I'm just a sucker for uh you know that kind of that kind of sound, those 70s uh Pink Floyd sounds and anything sci-fi sounding. I'm just a sucker for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I would just love to I'd love to just know about the evolution of that track, but that's for a uh, another entirely different podcast. I think
1: <laughs> deep cuts with Ryan. There's it. <laughs> I think
0: for any listeners Clown. who may, I think for any listeners who maybe don't dip into this genre of music or the band itself, if this is your first time going and listening to the album, like, don't go in expecting anything that you like. Any preconceived notions, just get rid of them because this is like, it's it's going to surprise you, truly.
1: I think that's a, that's a good note for shifting gears. Um, let's, let's see if we can end on a little bit of a lighter note. Who is ready <laughs> for a round of hashtag mood?
2: Let's do it, indeed.
1: All right, and here comes our crazy theme song. <laughs> 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 gotta thank as always jacob jeffries and jesse mcginty for our wild wacky hashtag mood theme song that i love so much but what is hashtag mood you ask hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills what we are going to do is head on over to the tunes and tumblers voicemail and pick a message sent to us by a fan or friend of the show or both and we're enemy Or enemy (laughs) people who found our number somewhere on the internet and have has some things to say in the yellow pages (laughs) we are going to listen to that mood and find the perfect playlist to match it each of us will have a chance to pick one song to go with it and in keeping with the idea of disorientation from grief i think i found one that kind of matches that perfectly uh, this one is also a text. It will be read by our uh, our favorite person, Karen, uh, the voice to or the text to voice person that I found. All right, here we go.
0: Hey, this is Kara. I just moved halfway across the country, and I'm wondering if I made the right decision. All my friends are still back in Louisiana, and I'm essentially starting a new life away from everything I know. I'm excited for something new, but I'm also scared it was a big mistake. Give me a playlist to help me bury this feeling while I unpack all my boxes
2: mm. mm. Did't okay. hear a please in there
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that have been would that have been too much?
3: Uh Van Halen, Panama oh.
2: hey, mm. <laughs> I feel
3: like if i'm if I'm feeling like a little defeated or down or I don't know i made the right decision about moving across the country and leaving all my friends back in louisiana i put on a little van halen panama that just kickstarts the 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 good feels and gets me out of the funk Hell yeah and into the funky
1: out of the (laughs) funk and into the funky (laughs) that is a great tagline for this
0: on that note i've got one already um Mine is Oh My God by Mark Ronson featuring Lily Allen. Speaking of like out of funk and into the funky. It's got like, you know, the horns. It's got a really funky bass line to it. And she literally says, oh my God, I can't believe it. I've never been this far away from home. I feel like it's, I feel like it's perfect. There you go. <laughs> I recently got a uh, Faces album, Ooh La
2: La on vinyl, which is one of my favorites. And, um, I think we'll go with, uh, Cindy, incidentally, on this one, which is one of my favorite ones, which is about packing up right there in that moment and getting out of town, leaving the rent, you know, there and just in booking it. And it's just a great kind of joyful romp in that way. And so captures everything I love about faces. So that is my pick. Our caller is going to have to change their name to Cindy. Unfortunately, yeah, (laughs) that that comes with that.
1: All right, bringing up the rear, uh, I was thinking about, you know, fun and happy songs to to bury the feelings. And for me, I think uh, the big one that takes up a lot of real estate in my head rent-free is Feel Good Inc. by The Gorillaz. Um, this really fun, funky dance song, uh, but the feel good part of it is uh, mandatory. It is bought. It is sold. <laughs> yeah. And I really like that line in the first verse uh, that kind of matches where Kara's at right now. Um, you got a new horizon, it's ephemeral style, a melancholy town where we never smile. Here we go. We're, we're up and we're in a new place and it feels weird, so let's dance. And that's my pick.
2: Nice. I love it. I love it. This is a good, this is a really solid, I'm, I'm hearing it in my head and it flows together really well, actually. <laughs> like the tempo actually kind of goes and it flows really well.
1: Not like the time where we just kind of threw in um Schubert at the end of the p- at the end of the playlist.
2: <laughs> Schu- Schubert.
1: <laughs> yeah. It gets weird here. Well, listeners, do you have a mood of your own? Leave us a message by calling or texting the Tunes and Tumblr's hotline at 626-604-6477. Give us something lighthearted to top off the more introspective talks we have. Sometimes we Please. need someone to pull us out of the funk and into the funky. And who knows your favorite artist may just get to hear all about it on the air. All right, Bron. So this has been a great talk, but it's time to close up the bar and, and we have to go and take a big nap before we open the bar for the rest of the public. Before that, do we have any lingering thoughts before we say goodbye about the album, about uh, the tear drinker, about anything
3: my lingering my lingering thoughts um i don't i don't know about to, the yeah the tear drinker beer it's out there if you live in atlanta or yeah tennessee uh i don't know i'm about to head to practice to start digging in on uh, all the new material because now we have to learn how to play it live you know it's been sick been sitting for a while so uh i mean we've been practicing it but yeah Practice every day until until I get there. Get out there on the road. We're, I think we'll be in LA on December first at the Palladium. Ooh, God, oh, I yeah. love that venue. Perfect. You guys want to come see some some uh, some some Mastodon? I think we're playing with Opeth and Zeal and Nice. Oh December
0: first, LA listeners. December first, I will be there. Okay. Awesome.
1: <laughs> and listeners go and listen to hushed and grim like we said it is a lot of fun work through your grief and then listen to our playlist and, and dance it away yeah exactly <laughs> we got your fix bron thank you once again for joining us this has been an amazing talk and we are truly humbled to have you here
3: with us today thank you bron. Well, thank you so much for having me guys i really appreciate it of course
1: And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go and check out one of Pantheon's other amazing music-based programs. There's a lot of them and they're all great. And be sure to follow us on every platform and rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. Also, if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find a link where you can directly support the pod. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make those delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers!
0: Cheers! Cheers! cheers.